0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, this is unfamiliar territory.
1: I know. We're not usually in this feed on this weekday setting, but it was an important one, Norman, for us to chuck out a little bonus episode of Coronacast. But there has been some really big coronavirus-related news and it didn't feel right to wait until the health report came out to talk about it.
0: What the news is, there's been a huge study published... From about eight countries, 99 million people vaccinated followed and 183 million doses of Astra, Pfizer and Moderna to see what the complications were.
1: We spoke, obviously, during CoronaCast over those three or four years of the pandemic that we were talking about this, the vaccines were coming out and there were reports of various side effects that sort of cropped up, but it was really hard to put a number on how rare or common they were and what was truly connected to the vaccine versus something that might have just been random chance. And this has sort of solidified this a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it's exactly the methodology they've used, which is, if you look at a particular condition, what would you expect the incidence of that condition to be in this population versus what you observe in this population in the 42 days after their vaccination? By and large, what we found out over the years is if you're going to get a reaction to a vaccine, it tends to occur quite soon. So these 99 million people, 183 million doses, followed for 42 days after vaccination, and it was observed events versus expected so what did you expect what did you observe and then they added an extra layer which is about statistics it's because there's something called the confidence interval is how confident are you that this is a real observation and that the error margins are so large that you just can't actually make a conclusion so when they applied all that to this study several complications of vaccines emerged. What are the main ones that we're talking about? Yeah, one was Guillaume barre syndrome, which is an ascending paralysis, which can be really scary and actually can be very serious, but in most people it resolves. Guillaume barre syndrome was an early observation. It happens post-viral, so it happens in the general community anyway. It can happen to other vaccines like influenza vaccine. And what they showed was in this study, in all these people, they expected 76 cases of Guillain-Barré, and they got 190. And the confidence interval was statistically reliable, but it was largely after Astra immunisation. So it did not seem to be a problem of mRNA vaccines. So that was guillaume barre Then you had the thromboses and really serious ones like cerebral sinus thromboses, which can be fatal, and that was almost totally within the Astra vaccine side effect profile. And then you had myocarditis, pericarditis, inflammation around the heart. Interestingly, it wasn't just the mRNA vaccines. There was a little bit of a signal from Astra on myocarditis and inflammation. There was no surprises there, no change in the incidence, which is relatively rare, mostly in younger people. This was a group of people who were largely 20 years old to about 60 years old in countries like Denmark, Finland, Scotland, New Zealand, Australia, Canada. And the one that hasn't had a lot of publicity is acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, This is a brain inflammation most commonly seen in young kids after a viral infection. But this wasn't seen in young kids in this case. This was seen in this 20 to 60-year-old population. And it seemed to be only after the first dose of Moderna. So there was no signal with Pfizer, no signal with Astra. So is this some bizarre thing to do with Moderna or not? It needs more investigation. But to give you a sense of how rare it was, the database for Moderna vaccines was 10 million doses, and they followed it up for a million person years. And the expectation was that there would be two cases in all these people of acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, and they got seven. So very rare, but does need more study.
1: So, yeah, incredibly rare, like if you're looking at those data, but higher than baseline. How does it compare to COVID and your chances of getting a bad outcome from COVID? Because the reason we crunch these data is to figure out where the balance point is in terms of your risk versus your protection.
0: That's a really good question and there's no doubt it's well described that acute disseminated encephalomyelitis does actually occur post-COVID. It doesn't actually have to be post-severe COVID, it can occur after any COVID infection. I don't think they know enough to know exactly what the instance is of this ADEM after COVID compared to the vaccine. But if it's like everything else, it's more common with COVID than the vaccine.
1: But what about the other stuff? Like we've, I mean, we have talked a lot before about the myocarditis, pericarditis, the thrombosis.
0: Much more common after COVID. Even thrombosis is much more common after a COVID infection than after the vaccine. So the vaccine is protective.
1: So what's an average Aussie to take away from this now that we have these more solid numbers?
0: Well, the interesting thing about this study is, well, not only were Australian data included in this study, but the populations observed in this study are very similar, particularly Canada, in ethnicity and patterns to Australia. And you can take a lot of reassurance from it.
1: So reassurance that vaccines still safer than the alternative.
0: That's right.
1: Well, we'll be back in your feed on Saturday with a full version of the health report. But for now, take it easy and take care. See you soon.